What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. On this show, I have talked at length about the importance of eating enough protein, but sometimes eating protein throughout the day can be a challenge. However, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts and is the perfect addition to your day. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, over 10% of your daily value. It's one of the highest protein nuts out there. But that's not all. Pistachios are also known for their fiber and better for you unsaturated fats, which we all need in our diet. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with your family and friends or taking them with you on your summer adventures. So whether you're dropping off the kids or running between meetings, fuel up with a healthy and tasty snack. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Welcome to Balanced Black Girl. Thank you for joining me today. If you don't know a little bit about my backstory and the backstory of this show, I actually started this podcast four years ago. And to say that podcasting has changed my life is an understatement. I get asked questions about podcasting all the time, usually from aspiring podcasters looking for tips on getting started or from current podcasters looking to grow their shows. So for our Black Women in Business series, I thought we'd talk a little bit more about the type of business I'm running, Um, and that's podcasting. So we decided to bring it to the show and create an episode about it. I'm joined today by my producer, Kia Swinton, who is a podcast expert for a special episode about the business of podcasting, getting into how to start, grow, and monetize a podcast. I want to say, if this topic is of interest to you, do not skip the show notes. Some of the questions I got don't really translate well to being on air, which honestly, (laughs) podcasting lesson number one or content creation lesson number one, know which medium to share information on, specifically questions about the technical aspects of podcasting, such as how to actually get your podcast set up, what mic to use, how to set up an RSS feed. Conversations about that would not be very interesting to listen to. You would probably forget it when you try to go do it. Something like that is a lot better in written form. So I have linked a bunch of resources in the show notes that can answer that type of question and that just give you a little bit of insight into what I've used as a podcaster. So again, make sure you head to the show notes to check that out. Now, one more thing I want to add before we get into the nitty gritty of today's episode that I think is often missing from the aspiring podcaster conversation is how important it is to be a student of the medium. Now, there are countless blog posts and YouTube videos and books and resources about how to start a podcast, but there's not a ton of information out there about how to host a podcast. And I do think sometimes that is a challenge for people. It's like they get the mic, they do the things, they record, they put it out there, but they haven't really built the skill set of hosting. So if podcasting is of interest to you, or maybe if you started a podcast, but you're still finding your footing, I really encourage you to be a student of the medium, to get to know the medium to read news related to podcasting, to listen to all different genres and types of podcasts so that you can really understand the industry, you can understand the landscape, and you can carve out a niche for yourself within it. That is going to help you just have so much more direction and focus than just kind of hitting record and hoping it turns out. 
right? When you take the time to learn how to structure a show, put yourself in the position of the listener and have their takeaways at the forefront of what you create, it makes a huge difference. It actually makes me think about one of my favorite parts of Homecoming, which even though it's several years old now, I actually still watch a few times a year just to re-motivate myself. That's when Beyonce talks about the importance of rehearsal, right? How the humility that comes with being a student is what makes you learn and get better. And that absolutely applies to podcasting. So even though I've been doing it for a few years and I'm really fortunate to have a show that is growing and has engagement, I am absolutely still a student. I am still learning how to do this. I still push myself to get better and to learn more about podcasting and about the medium and to make this show better and more valuable for you. It's truly a never-ending process. And when you approach it with curiosity and with enthusiasm, it's just a lot more fun and engaging to keep it going. So I wanted to add that little caveat there because I think it is part of a mindset that has been really, really helpful for me in my journey as a podcaster. I think times when I have lost sight of that mindset is when I've had a harder time with it. And when I go back to that mentality of really wanting to be a student and focusing on doing my best to bring to you all as good of a production as I can, it really helps breathe new life into my experience as a podcaster. All right, so I'm going to bring in my producer, Kia, and we're going to get into how to start, grow, and monetize a podcast. We're continuing our Black Women in Business series today, talking about the business of podcasting. My business revolves around podcasting, and I thought it would be fun to pull back the curtain. And I have a special guest slash co-pilot for my episode today, so not as much an interview, more so a conversation. I'm joined by Kia Swinton, my producer here at Balanced Black Girl, who helps me so much with keeping this thing running and doing so much incredible work behind the scenes. So welcome, Kia. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me. It was super exciting. I know. It's fun to get to actually record together because I feel like all of our other work is more like we're catching up on Zoom or we're chatting in Notion, but to actually get to record is fun. Yeah, yeah. This is going to be different. I'm excited for it. Yeah. So I'm excited for the audience to meet you because you are like a podcasting pro. I mean, you have hosted podcasts yourself. You also like work in the podcasting industry. Um, So can you tell our audience a little bit more about you and how you got into podcasting? Yeah, thanks. That's such a nice compliment. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's it's been a, it probably starts back honestly to like college because I mean, before that, like in high school, I was like at 16 trying to apply to colleges and had no idea what I should do. And then my dad was like, oh, maybe you should do, like, broadcasting or media. And I was like, oh, okay, I had nothing else to do, so sure. <laughs> so I landed um, at Montclair State University, which is actually also my dad's college. So I knew a lot about the college from my dad. They had a really good program, one of the top programs in the state. I'm from New Jersey. My parents didn't really want me to go far because of money, so that's how I ended up there. Since I was a media major, I wanted to do some things on my spare time that would help my career, but also my passion. So the first week of school, I went to the career fair, the, the club fair, whatever it's called, and I saw the radio station and they were telling me about the radio station, it's underground station, so they don't play like new music. And I thought it was so cool. And they said I could have my own show and I'm from a small town, so I don't really you know, see a lot of things like that. So I was like, Oh, wow, this is so exciting. So I joined immediately. I did the radio station for four years, kind of built into like an underground hip hop station. So I'd interview a lot of local hip hop artists, give like ticket giveaways, learned a lot about like radio and live production. Fast forward to graduation. I ended up at Vice Media doing communications. I was doing mostly PR. So I was still in the music, like the music media industry. Um, And then I would help on my spare time. I would pitch like podcasting ideas to Vice and I got to host the like Black History Month series I created. So I thought that was super fun. And then after that, I went to, sorry, (laughs) I should go back. (laughs) So during Vice, I met one of my current best friends, Janae Price, and we had very similar upbringings. So we had the upbringing of like growing up in very white spaces and like having a lot of identity issues as we, you know, migrated from high school to college to in the real world. And we worked at the same company. So we had a lot of issues 
in our company. So we would kind of connect on that. And then we were like, okay, we should start a podcast about this. Cause it, every time we would mention it to someone like this idea, everyone was like, Oh, I can, I can relate to that. So we ended up starting this podcast called so-called Oreos, you know, Oreo black on the outside, white on the inside, kind of dissecting identity and black culture and stuff like that. We changed the name to sufficiently black for like copyright issues, but it's still the same concept. We had pitched that idea to vice. They didn't pick it up. So then we did it independently with two other people. Now there's three of us, uh, me, Janae, and Amari. And it was really imperative in my life during the pandemic because it kind of helped me get through the pandemic. It was kind of like my therapy. It was something I was looking forward to. I'd also lost my job in the pandemic. So it was something that I was putting a lot of effort into because the only time, the only jobs that I were getting during the pandemic was podcasting jobs. And I think the pandemic is when everyone started really wanting to have a podcast, especially businesses. So I have a background in like PR, digital media, TV, and I wasn't really getting the roles for those. The only thing I was getting was podcasting. So I was like, okay, I guess my next journey is going to be podcasting because this is kind of where the universe is bringing me. Mm-hmm. And then as I was working on my current podcast, my current boss at iHeart Media reached out on LinkedIn and he was like, oh, I like your background. Long story short, I got the job and now I'm a supervising producer at iHeart Media and I specifically work on branded content. So I work on things like the Game of Thrones podcast with HBO, WebMD, I sometimes do stuff, Under Armour, Mattress Firm, a lot of brands and podcasting. And then I freelance with you for Balance Black Girl and some other freelance projects. So that's kind of like my long history of audio production where I am today. That's such a good story. And I think what your story really highlights is how versatile podcasting can be, how if you're interested in media or broadcasting, it's a medium that anybody with that interest can get into. I mean, I feel like before the past decade, that medium was super gatekept. Like if you were going to be in broadcasting, you were going to be on TV or you were maybe going to have a radio show in your city. And there's only but so many shows and stations and opportunities to do that. And so why I think podcasting has blown up so much is because anybody who has that desire can really do it. Now, should everybody? I mean, that's a different question, but (laughs) (laughs) it's democratized in a way that's really exciting. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And also like in college, I graduated in 2016. So I was doing internships like 2014 to 2016. And that was kind of the switch of like, we were taught in school, like you want to work at a TV network. But that was really the switch when like Netflix came into play. And now Mm -hmm. we have more streaming services. So media is always changing where, you know, working at a TV network, it's, it's so these companies are so old that to get a promotion, you like someone has to die essentially, and then mm-hmm. there's a lot of nepotism, and then you bring race into it, gender. There, there's a lot of things working against you, so it is very exhausting. But I will say, especially anytime a new medium or platform like TikTok comes, like there's always going to be more jobs or more opportunity for like the more so common folk that don't have that traditional college education in broadcast journalism. Most definitely, and. I read, and I'll, I'll have to pull up the study, and I'll link it in the show notes if I can find it. I saw a really interesting statistic that said in the U.S., I think Black people are currently like 12% of the population, but we make up 15% of the podcast host population, oh, great, which yeah. is really interesting. I mean, it shows that Black people are very interested in hosting podcasts, which I think is really great. And a big part of why I want to have this conversation is I'm like, yeah, let's get more of us doing it, especially those who are really promoting healthy, positive content. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, listen, free speech, people can do whatever they want, but I think that there is so much room for us to continue exploring this medium. And I love that our community is really excited about it because I think there's a lot of good that we can do with it. Yeah, yeah. Black um I went to Black Podfest this year and it was really great to see a lot of like up and coming podcasters and established podcasters being really excited. And there's a lot of studies, I think it's from Sirius XM, who does a lot of reports on certain groups, so like Latin groups, black people. And I know they had said that black people really want to see more of like history content and true crime. Um, so there's definitely some areas where we can like diversify 
not just like you know relationship content but like history please no more relationship content Tia knows how I feel about relationship content (laughs) exactly if you're thinking about a relationship podcast maybe do history anything else any other topic yeah (laughs) exactly but I think the history part is really cool because so much of the history that we learn is from a very white lens we learn very small fragmented pieces of history that are very watered down so hearing more history from black historians black voices I think would be really cool yeah it's it's definitely I'm like really passionate about education history so to me, I, I just think it's crazy, the education system. So I think like anything you do because black history is American history is literally what this country is built off of. So the fact that we don't have more of it is is insane. So podcasting is definitely a great place for like educational content. Yeah, 100%. So I'd love to talk a little bit more about just kind of the behind the scenes of podcasting, what goes into podcasting. I obviously have the experience of being an independent podcaster. You have seen both sides of having been an independent podcaster and working on the corporate side of podcasting. So I think between the two of us, there's some good perspective to have there. I don't I don't think we need to get too into the nitty-gritty of how to start a podcast from a technical standpoint because I think that that would probably be hard to follow <laughs> from a conversation yeah. standpoint. I will link I have written blog posts about it that have step-by-step like how to start a podcast, so I will link that in the show notes. So if anyone does have questions about maybe more of the technical aspects or doesn't know how to get started, they can go there. But in terms of when we're thinking about starting a podcast, I personally think it's really important to start with the why. Why do you want to start a podcast? What is the goal of your podcast? Would you agree that that's a good place to start? Yeah, a thousand percent. A thousand percent, I would say why. Because you can get into podcasting as a hobby. You can get into podcasting for monetization. You can get into podcasting to promote your brand. And I will say that being the number one step on top of like, who are you going to do the podcast with? Like, is it going to be solo or is it going to be with a co-host? Because I would say the number one thing that (laughs) that you should think about is if you do have a co-host, like you need to make sure that you guys are on the same page. So if one person is into it for monetization, the other person is a hobby, you guys are not going to align. It's going to clash. It's not going to, you're probably going to hear some tension on the mic. And then you also have to be realistic of like, if you do want to do independent, like, do you have the bandwidth? Mm-hmm. Do you need a co-host or do you need to outsource? Um, so I definitely feel like that's the first step. And then after that, I would say, like, what's your cadence? So are you publishing weekly? Are you publishing daily, monthly, bi-weekly? Like, what can your schedule hold? And then also, like, what type of podcast you want to do? Because I think a lot of independent, it's easiest to do interview one-on-one. But if you wanted to do scripted, like that's going to take a lot more work, a lot more money. If you want to do hybrid, maybe that's a way to switch it up a bit with different segments. There's so many different formats. There's starting to be like reality show podcasts, which I would never recommend for an independent podcast <laughs> unless you have a lot of money. Yeah. But that's, you know, there's so many different genres, documentary style, like serial style, episodic. There's so many stuff. So I would say that's definitely the beginning points. Such good points there. I really loved what you said about making sure that you and your co-host are on the same page and making sure that you and your co-host either have the same why or have complementary whys because it can be really challenging if you have one person who is, you know, maybe willing to do a certain amount of work or wants to do things one way and someone else who isn't. So I think that that is really important. As someone who's been a solo podcaster, I'm like, man, I really wish I had a co-host <laughs> sometimes to split the work with. Yeah. At the time when I wanted to start my podcast, there just there was no one to co-host. It just wasn't really a thing. I didn't have any friends that would have been interested at that time. But I think if you do have somebody that you can split the work with, great. And I really appreciated what you said about looking at the different types of podcasts. I mean, there's so many, especially as the podcasting space continues to get more saturated, finding really creative ways to help your content stand out is super important. And I think knowing kind of along the same lines of understanding your why, what is it that you want to say? And I also think it's really important to be constantly thinking 
who is going to listen to this and why why does someone want to listen to this? I think sometimes where people get caught up is they really like the idea of podcasting and have all this stuff that they want to say, but they're not quite thinking about who's on the other end of this, who wants to listen to this? Why would somebody who maybe doesn't know me at all want to listen to this? And those are really important questions to be able to answer at the beginning. So that's what's going to help you build an audience and want to keep going. Yeah, absolutely. That's such a good point. You know, you ever talk with someone, they're like, oh, like I should have a reality show or like they should have a reality show. And it's like, there's a reason why not all of us are the Kardashians (laughs) because, you know, there's a level of like interest Mm -hmm. and a level of, you know, a lot of things that goes into just like not everyone can be on reality TV, which is the same of like not everyone can host we tend to be trapped in our own minds of like, wow, this is such an interesting thought I had. Like everyone should hear it. But like in reality, like a lot of people might have had the same thought and already published that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what are you bringing to the table? And like for, for my podcast, I didn't want to just talk about black people because that's a broad, you know, spectrum. Um, there's so many different buckets of black people. So I wanted it to be a little more niche where I'm like, what type of black people? Oh, black people that have had like identity issues or like, you know, are interested in identity or something like that, where a lot of people can relate, but it's still a little bit niche. So I think if like something in between that is good. That's such a good point. Getting super clear on who your ideal listener is, because really what you want is someone, especially if they're tuning into your podcast for the very first time, to listen and be like, wow, they're talking directly to me. This, I think this all the time and somebody else gets it, or I have this problem and they can relate and they're giving me a solution. And sometimes if you speak a little bit too broadly, then nobody relates to what you're doing and it's really hard for the audience to connect. And even if you have a specific listener in mind, you can still have people outside of maybe that image who still relate to your show, but you want to make sure that the people who are in that image are like all in for what you're sharing. Yeah, a thousand percent. Yeah, it's definitely good to have like a kind of a marketing idea once you have a podcast, which is also really important. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, let's talk about marketing because that is really important. Marketing podcasts, it's really hard. It's not like social media where there's an algorithm that could potentially serve your content to people. Probably the easiest platform to grow on would be a place like TikTok, right? Where you could post a TikTok and truly anybody can see it. You never know. Podcasting is super different because you can post a podcast and nobody can see it. (laughs) So what are some tactics that you think for marketing a podcast are most helpful? Yeah. Marketing podcasts, like you said, you don't want to put so much work and idea and love into this like episode or show and then no one hears it because you're not marketing it. Unfortunately, marketing, I would say is like a huge percentage of how successful your podcast is going to be. There's a lot of power in video. If you look up a lot of studies right now, um, like I mentioned, Sirius and other studies. I know Sirius had one with Black people look at YouTube most mm-hmm. for podcasting. So knowing your target audience, if your target audience is Gen Z, probably put more effort into, you know, TikTok, like you said. Or if your podcast is, you know, boomers, maybe that's Facebook promotion. So knowing your target audience and where they are, there's a lot of power in video with podcasting right now. So definitely YouTube, um, definitely TikTok. The thing with YouTube and TikTok, you want to always get the people still to download the episodes. So there's still like an incentive or call to action where they're just not like, haha, this is funny, but like transferring it to listen to the entire episode. Huge thing in podcasting is consistency. Mm -hmm. And that goes with publishing your episode. So earlier, like I said, like, what are you doing weekly, bi-weekly? If you choose weekly, don't move to monthly next next (laughs) episode. Like you have to be consistent. So be realistic. Like, how much can I post? Do that. And same with the social media. Like, how much can you realistically post each week? Try to be consistent to that. Um, don't post once, you know, a week and then three months later you're posting again. Like, that's not going to build an audience. <laughs> I would also say with marketing and social media, like, you don't only want to promote your show. Like, hey, new episode. Hey, new episode. Hey, new episode. No one cares. Like, they have to get something from your from your page. Like, the audience has to have value in following you. So maybe you can do like, this is my day in a life of like 
a balance back on, <laughs> something like that, like um, different social content. Um, I know you do a lot of the kind of more vlog style ones on, on socials too, which mm-hmm. people see like more of like what you are as a person versus like what exactly is, you know, promote, listen to my show, listen to my show, listen to my show. Like that's not really an incentive. Like people want to know more about you as a host, you as a person. And like, maybe you're doing like a TikTok dance challenge, like something entertaining, like for, you know, your audience. And then lastly, with marketing, I would say um, you want to always engage with your listeners. Again, we don't want to just get stuck on social. We want to like create a community or bring people back, bring people incentive. Because once you have more community, that's when you can start monetizing like Patreon or like the wellness trips that influencers do and stuff like that, because they, they are invested in you versus just like your social media page. So that's something to keep in mind. And there's ways to engage with your listeners. Like maybe you do an IG live once a month. Maybe you have a discord, you're checking in here and there. Maybe you do some fun questions or polls on IG stories. People are like, Ooh, I love her polls. Like, let me take part in those. Answering comments is, is a great way to engage with their audience. So those are definitely some tips for monetizing your podcast once you publish it or marketing your podcast. Sorry. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Those are all such great tips. I think it's been really interesting, especially over the past two years. I really think the pandemic is what has fueled the rise in video for podcasting. Because when I first started my podcast, I mean, I started Balanced Black Girl in 2018. There was no video. I, I actually, I started a podcast because I didn't want to make videos. <laughs> Like I didn't have a camera. I didn't have lighting. iPhones weren't as good back then. I was like, I can't make videos, but I can record myself on a on my laptop or whatever. But seeing that rise in video has been super, super interesting because it really has changed the medium in so many ways. And you're seeing all of these viral moments happen. Um, but I also don't want to discourage people, if, even if you don't have like a viral moment of a clip on TikTok or Instagram with your podcast because you can still absolutely have a successful podcast without those things. The only thing I would add as far as marketing, at least something that's really helped Balance Black Girl would be SEO, which stands for Search Engine Optimization. A lot of time when people talk about search engine optimization, they're talking about being found on Google, and that's definitely part of it, right? You want to create content that if someone is searching for a term related to what you're creating, that your content pops up. So whether people are searching for how to start a podcast, and we create a podcast episode called How to Start a Podcast, we want to make sure this episode pops up at the top of the Google search or at the top of the Instagram search. So sometimes where creators can hustle backwards, I guess I should say, is by creating content or naming things or doing things that are very unclear, very inside joke, very hard to understand. You want to make the way you're naming things and the way you're writing things and the way you're presenting things super easy to understand, especially while you're growing, because you want someone who is searching for that topic, who needs help for that thing, to be able to easily find what you're doing. And if everything that you're posting is all inside jokes that your potential listeners don't understand, it's going to be really, really hard for them to find you. Absolutely. No, that's such a good point. It's super major in terms of like marketing and you want people to find you. And yeah, definitely no inside jokes because also not on on air too, because I feel like some posts that know each other, they're like, I remember that time in high school, like no one cares. Like <laughs> you gotta save it for Patreon, gotta, where like if yeah, people are that Patreon, dedicated exactly. to join your Patreon, then they probably get the joke. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, no, that's the worst when hosts are just like babbling on. You're like, I wasn't there, I can't really do this. <laughs> Right. And it's, you know, every time that you share an episode or that you share content, it's an opportunity to acquire new listeners. So you always want to be thinking, if somebody does not know me, has never heard of this, what would make them want to engage with this? What would make them want to come back? What would make them want to finish the episode? And when you have that in mind, it is going to help you move a little bit differently and it's going to make your content a little bit more inclusive for that new community member. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing that you said that I'm like, yes, let's double highlight exclamation point, (laughs) consistency. That is truly the number one thing you can do to grow a podcast audience, to get your podcast in front of new people, especially I think maybe the first year that you're podcasting is to be super, super 
consistent. You can't ghost your audience before you even get them (laughs) because people (laughs) are bombarded with so much content. If you're not posting, if you ghost and you disappear for a few months and then come back, like people are going to forget and they're going to move on. So I think being super consistent to the point where you become a part of people's ritual is really important for podcast growth. Yeah, absolutely. Love that. Don't ghost your audience before you get them. (laughs) Right. You want people to be like, oh, new episodes come out on Tuesdays. I know every Tuesday morning I can look forward to seeing that episode of whatever the show is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Once you have like your audience like being like, it's Tuesday, this is when blah, blah, blah comes out. Like that's that's great because – that means they're really looking forward to it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I think the other thing, and I've ran uh, listener surveys. It's actually been a few years since I've done a survey. I think the last one I did was in 2020. But in 2019 and 2020, I ran listener surveys where I asked, like, how did you find Balanced Black Girl? And the top responses were either, I think the very first year I did it, it was Instagram. The second year that I did it, it was like I heard it from a friend or word of mouth or someone shared it with me. So the other important thing about consistency, like when you don't ghost your audience, your audience will help introduce you to a bigger audience. I mean, the way many of us find out about podcasts is someone in our life sharing them or talking about what they heard. So when you provide the audience that you have with a lot of value, they're going to help you grow because they're going to help someone else who might be into it find it. Yeah, that is a huge way of how people find podcasts is through word of mouth because it's kind of like a TV show. Like, oh, do you have any recs? Like something like that. Um, I think another thing you mentioned, like word of mouth is like a way that you can promote your podcast or like get a a larger audience in the beginning is like doing promo swaps. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, reaching out to a podcast, like someone that has like kind of the same audience, target audience as you. Um, and being like, Hey, we have like similar audiences. Like I can introduce you to my audience. You can use, introduce me to your audience. I usually do like a, their trailer in the mid roll spot or like ask them for like host red points that you want me to talk about. They do the same. And then it's like kind of like a easy, you know, equal transaction in terms of promotion. Absolutely. I mean, I think teaming up with other podcasters is so powerful because it's really hard to get people who don't listen to podcasts at all to listen to your podcast. That's like multiple levels of behavior change. You want to start by getting people who listen to podcasts, people who listen to other podcasts, listening to your podcast because it's not going to be a big behavior change for them. It's just getting them to add you to their queue of what they already do. And so promo swaps are major. I've definitely have done plenty of those, especially in the beginning. And then also being a guest, being a guest on other podcasts that are around the same size and have a similar audience is so, so helpful because though that's like a built-in listeners who would probably, if they enjoy that podcast, would also really love yours. And even swaps. There have been times where I've had someone on my podcast and I've been on theirs and we maybe the same week release our episodes so that we get kind of a lot of conversation around it. It's it's like what Issa Rae said about networking across that like people want to network up, but networking across is really powerful. Networking across with other podcasters who are at a similar stage can be so helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's so true. Love Issa Rae. Always. And everything she says right. or does. <laughs> any, any Issa Rae reference we can uh, we want to include here. Yeah. I'm really interested to see, you know, if she gets into the podcasting business through radio. I mean, I know right now she's been really focused on music and developing artists, but they've also been really forthcoming that it's an audio-powered company. And I feel like she's definitely going to get into podcasts over there. She used to have this podcast. I don't know how involved she was in it, but it was from her studios and it was called Fruit. And it's actually one of the best podcasts I've ever heard. It's Issa Rae Presents Fruit. It's old. It used to be a Stitcher podcast. I think it only has like two seasons, but it's based on a true story. It's scripted. And it's basically this gay football player and he is basically closeted. And so you're kind of wondering, like, who is this based off? Because it's a real, like, NFL player. Mm -hmm. But you have no idea. And it's just from his perspective of, like, what he does in the background. But, like, he's presenting that he, like, is dating women. Very good podcast. I have no idea what 
why it went away, but it's it's really good. I'll have to look that up. That I'm sounds like really good. Now. And it's such a good reminder. I mean, kind of on the topic of Issa Rae and even how we opened this episode that these kind of DIY mediums can be such a great way to launch a career. I mean, she started on YouTube with Awkward Black Girl. And at that time, YouTube was the thing. I think that there's a lot of opportunity now for people to launch their own versions of that, probably on podcasting, because I feel like podcasting is now kind of what YouTube was in 2011. So yeah, just another little plug there to to do the thing, launch the thing. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a great way. Um, if you if you don't have like a edu- my sorry, my plant is like dying and I cannot keep a plant to save my life and all the <laughs> leaves are just like falling off in front of me. Oh, no. I'm just like Jesus Christ. But yeah, if you don't have like a you know, a college education or you didn't major in it, I think it is a great way like I mean, I can only really give advice in media industry because I've worked in media, but I think it's always good to like be creating on the side and presenting the opportunity for yourself, especially in media because it is super like old media nepotism gatekeeping um that type of thing so when you when you show with receipts like hey i have this podcast i've been building over the last couple of months these are the stats it's done i i do x y and z like they're kind of self-taught i think that goes a long way absolutely it's it's demonstrated experience and you learn so much creating your own thing from scratch it's so valuable So I would love to talk a little bit more about just kind of the realities of podcasting and starting to get into some of the kind of business nitty gritties. You know, earlier we talked about having an independent podcast, and then we talked a little bit about your experience in corporate, the corporate side of podcasting. But I would love to differentiate between the two so that it's super clear, maybe if someone isn't as familiar with the industry, what the difference is between an independent podcast and either a corporate or like network podcast. Yeah. So independent podcast example would be Balance Black Girl. (laughs) Come in with a podcast like on your own or with a co-host. You kind of do all the work with it. So you're probably um, editing it. You're probably researching guests. You're handling all the communications, the scheduling. You're handling the promotion. It's very tiring, but worth it if you want to do it. When you go into a network, a network would be like, LSN that handles the read. iHeartMedia has certain networks. So there's Michael Tora, which focuses on like Latin podcasts. I know Jamel Hill has um, one with Unbothered Network with Spotify. So typically companies like Spotify or iHeart or bigger companies will have other networks on them. And usually networks are like have the same genre target audience. Maybe their target audience is like black and brown people. Maybe it's LGBT focused, um, stuff like that. With a network, um, typically I will say if you're starting as independent and you're selling to a network, they do want you to have a certain amount of downloads. I know that people can be shocked at the amount of downloads. Um, it's usually probably, I'm going to say starting around 10,000 an episode mm-hmm. average. So definitely I probably would say pitch to networks when, you, when you're closer in that range. But with the networks, they probably will take a little bit off of that for you. So maybe they will help you with promotions or maybe they'll give you a producer or something like that. So it probably is a little less work on your end, maybe a little more promotion since they have like the resources. And then once you get into corporate branded is the space that I work in. I will say like a lot of these brands have a lot of money. So I think it's important to realize like if you're frustrated with the amount of downloads you have or the growth, just like realize this is independent versus a company like as big as like Peloton or Disney. Like it's it's kind of like trying to compete. Um, which is not saying you can't compete. I'm just I just want people to be realistic about like the amount of downloads they have at a certain time versus a brand will pay, you know, my company, they have, you know, millions of dollars to put behind this podcast, which means I can get a bigger host, I can get more marketing, I can get outsources so I can, you know, make the podcast on time. I can get a better editor. Like there's a lot of resources that come with money. So I think it's just important to realize like if you want to do podcasting professionally, that's probably what you would be doing. But if you were to do it independent, like you will probably have to like beef up your funds. You probably have to, um, I would sell for branding, like starting a media kit for your independent podcasting and, and you have to like be proactive with the brand. So, you know, maybe the brands won't come to you right now, but maybe you 
can be like, hey, you know, this is a black owned company. I have the target audience for you. This is how much I charge for an ad spot. Would you be interested? So it takes a lot more work, but it is doable. Definitely. Thank you so much for that breakdown and that distinction. I guess I would love to talk a little bit more about those those different types, right? We have independent, we have network, and we have corporate, and maybe some pros and cons of each type, starting with independent. You know, I have, I'm obviously an independent podcaster, as we've mentioned, and I have at least thus far chosen to stay independent despite getting some offers from networks and some pros and cons where I can kind of talk through my experience there and why I chose to stay independent based off of the offers that I was getting. Although I can be bought for the right price. I <laughs> I certainly can, but the, the offers I had were not the right price. So that's why I didn't do it. Some of the benefits of having an independent podcast is that it is truly yours to do whatever you want with, however often you want to come out with it, if you need to take a break, if you want to change it up, if you want to change the name, if you want to change the format, if you want to play with it, if you decide you're sick of it and you're done with it, you have the power to kind of do whatever you want with it and you have ownership over what you create. You have ownership over the name, over the content. It is yours and it's not necessarily owned by a separate company or entity. So I would say those are some of the pros of being and staying independent. Now, some of the cons, which I think you touched on beautifully, and I will just reiterate as somebody who's in the thick of it, is that it is truly all on you. You are booking your guests. You are marketing. It is your budget that (laughs) these things are coming out of. And starting a podcast is not necessarily expensive, but continuing to run a podcast and especially if you want to increase the quality of your podcast over time, that can become expensive. So being on the hook for that financially can be, you know, a commitment. So as far as being independent, those are kind of some of the the pros and the cons. The pros is like that ownership that we all talk about. Some of the cons is like when you truly own it, it is all on you. Network, I think there's also pros and cons. It's almost kind of that in between where you have a little bit more support and resources behind you, but you do still kind of have some flexibility, especially if you oversee the brand, that you can still have some flexibility over what it is and who your audience is and what you want it to be. Do you have any other kind of pros or cons for the the network route that you would share? Yeah, I think what you said on independence is really important because I think in earlier podcasting, when it was new, a lot of people didn't own the rights to it. So, I mean, you you have the story of like, call her daddy or um, I'm forgetting the BuzzFeed one that used to be really popular, but they didn't have the rights. And then when they left BuzzFeed, they basically couldn't continue the podcast anymore. Yeah. So that's something definitely to keep in mind um, if you want to control that. With the branded space, it's, it's probably the op- opposite where you you can't say certain things because the brand has to go through like, you know, any any type of content creation. Like if you're doing a, a paid sponsorship, the brand has to approve the post. You know, they might make you cut some things. They might have issues with you saying certain things. So that's something to keep in mind if you're in the branded podcasting space or hosting in the branded podcasting space. Networking, the network podcast, maybe not as much with, with a limited amount of speech, but if you, if it's not the right, right price, like you said, you could be not in the best deal. But I will say it does have benefits in terms of like how much promotion you're going to get. And you can always, you know, work with them in your contract. Maybe if, if you don't feel strongly about the offer that they're giving to you, maybe counter it with, hey, I'd like this promotion or this much help or something like that. I would say, let's see. I know some po- bigger podcasters have agencies, but I don't, I, I don't know if that's because they also do like live shows or something mm-hmm. like that. So management agency might, you know, fall into it another category with that. Yeah, that's where like this show falls in. I would almost consider that like independent plus <laughs> where it's like yeah. you're technically still independent, but you've gotten to the point where you can bring in a, a bit of extra support. And so that that would be more so the category that Balanced Black Girl falls under. And then just the one other thing that I would also add is, I mean, I know for me when I had offers to join networks and why I specifically didn't, which this is why it's very important to read contracts and also very important to review contracts with lawyers. Um, a contract that I was given by a network basically wanted to own the rights to the name in all forms. So 
if I were to even utter the words balanced black girl, if I wanted to put it on a shirt, if I wanted to do something with the podcast, I would be signing over the ownership of the name and the term balanced black girl to that company. And that was something that I was not comfortable with. Um, so these are all just things to think about, you know, as you navigate your podcasting journey, what is it that you're comfortable with? Now, like I said, for the right price, it could be worth it. Or if I were to pitch a new show to a network that already doesn't have an established brand that I've built, that could also be something I would consider. But you just have to think about what your goal is and what's worth it to you. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Definitely read the contracts. <laughs> Always read the contracts. Oh, I mean, how many stories have we heard of artists and people? So many. Just you know, getting the short end of the stick and it's, it's tough out here. <laughs> yeah, it is. You definitely don't want to fall in that trap. You don't want to be a trending topic on Twitter. No, no. Or out here signing contracts like, um, like the new edition, the new edition mamas. I remember on the new edition movie when that came out a few years ago, the way they were, their moms were signing them contracts and then boys had like a dollar to split between the five oh of them. God. I was like, this is a horror story right now. This is. Yeah. They take advantage because they know that those people don't have like the background or yep. like a lawyer that they could reach out to. Exactly. It's pure exploitation. So we in, you know, going into 2023, we are not doing that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's touch on monetization before we get into uh, some of the questions from the audience. I think I want to first caveat this by saying I don't think that making money should be the sole goal of starting a podcast. Now, that is not to say that there's anything wrong with wanting money. We just did our whole money series. You know I'm all about financial wellness and everybody getting paid. But I think if you were starting a podcast for the sole purpose of making money, you're going to set yourself up for a very frustrating, <laughs> disappointing experience because there is a lot that goes into it. It takes a lot of time and making money from a podcast is really, really hard. There has to be something else about it that you like and want besides making money. Now, I think if you just want to post online and get your coin, be an influencer. Honestly, it's so much easier <laughs> to be to make money as an influencer than it is as a podcaster. So I just wanted to give that caveat before we get into monetizing because um, it's kind of complicated monetizing a podcast. Absolutely. I definitely agree that being an influencer is the easier route to get if, that, if that's what you want to monetize or be a full-time influencer. It's definitely easier and that the way it's it's less time consuming. You can post a 30 second TikTok, 30 second Instagram reel, picture posts. Um, with podcasting, you have to do a lot of research, scheduling, recording, pay for the equipment, edit, all, all, publish, and all those things cost money too. Um, <laughs> so just keeping that in mind, I think that's a good point. Um, definitely don't go in with just monetization. Now, if you want to start, hey, I want to start as a hobby and then eventually monetize, mm -hmm. I think that is probably where you want to start. but I think you have to keep in mind, like, just like everything in life, nothing is really fair. <laughs> so um, you see a lot of celebrities and brands crowding the space. Um, like every celebrity has a podcast, you know, influencers podcast. I will say that doesn't necessarily mean their podcast is better, nor do people give a shit about those people. I think they have a lot of resources because they can already pitch to a network. Like, Hey, I have this many followers. If I post about this podcast, I'll probably get X amount of downloads, but you still have to be consistent with that. And you still have to be a good host. Um, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. So I think that's where actually influencers and celebrities get tripped up because they think it's just going to be another source of income and they could put like zero effort into it. But in reality, that's not really true. I can't say exactly how long it will take to monetize. I think in the beginning, if you're independent, you have to do a lot of stuff. Like I said, creating a media kit, going to brands, being proactive, doing promo swaps, growing your promotion, maybe make merch, maybe go to conferences, festivals, do QR codes, slap that on some places. Like there's a lot of things to be done. And then you can build like, you can go on like influencer agencies. I know a lot of them do take podcasters. So that's another thing to think about. There's also smaller ones like Advertise Cast. They take small podcasters, so they could pay you for ads. It also makes you sound a little more legit, in my opinion. <laughs> mm -hmm. I would say I was going to say Audrey, but they're actually shut down, mm. so I can't do that. But yeah, there's different ways to like slowly start up monetizing, and then 
you know, I would say just be patient. Also, like everything, I feel like luck is a huge part of any success. And whoever doesn't say they're not partially lucky to be successful is is lying. (laughs) I think there's luck in like, you know, maybe someone, a friend of a friend heard your podcast and then posted on socials. And now you have, you know, a hundred thousand more followers, like for so-called Oreos during the pandemic, one of my co-hosts did this reel about black people liking Paramore. It did a hundred, like 1 million views on Instagram. It like skyrocketed for like a couple months. And then we got a lot of followers and that was pure luck. Mm -hmm. We just posted at the right time. It was no different than any of the other content that we were posting. So just keep that, that in mind too. Definitely. Yeah. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. You know, that's what that sounds like. I would love to talk about some of the different ways that people can monetize. Probably the most common way that podcasters monetize would be from ads. If you listen to podcasts, unless it's like a super new podcast or one that purposefully doesn't advertise, then you've heard podcast ads. And I would say that's probably the most uh, common way that a lot of podcasters monetize. Now, getting to the point where you have ads, ads on your podcast can be, it can take a bit of work depending on what that looks like. From my experience, I started the podcast in 2018. I almost forgot. I'm like, how long have I been doing this? Uh, And I did, I want to say my first, I started in the fall of 2018. I want to say my first ad that I ever ran on the podcast was I think in like the spring or summer of 2020, our very, or no, not 2020, 2019. uh, Our very first sponsor was uh, actually Black Girl Sunscreen, which they were a great first sponsor to have. Love them. I actually learned about them before I started my podcast. I heard, uh, I heard an ad for Black Girl Sunscreen on, I think, Lovey's old podcast, Rants and Randomness, and started using the product, really liked it. Once Balanced Black Girl started growing a little bit, uh, I reached out to their founder, Shantae Lundy, who had also been a guest on the show, so she was familiar with it. And, you know, they they sponsored an episode. And at the time, the show was really small. The sponsorship was really small. I mean, I think it was maybe a couple hundred, like maybe $200. So it it wasn't like paying my rent by any means, but it was really exciting to see like, wow, a brand can find value in this. And, And I would have some advertisers kind of pop in and out randomly, but it wasn't until 2021. So two and a half years after I started that I was consistently running ads on the podcast and consistently monetizing it. And I think even then, that was still, I was still fortunate to get that. Like a lot of podcasts that can take even longer depending on on what your numbers are. But some common things that you want to keep in mind is if you are wanting to run ads, you don't know how much to charge. That's when it's really important to understand what's called a CPM rate. CPM stands for cost per thousand impressions. And so that's essentially uh, how much money a brand is willing to give you for every thousand downloads you have. And so if you're talking to a brand wanting them to advertise, they're going to ask you for your downloads and what your CPM rate is. So you could say my CPM rate is like $25. I think the standard is probably somewhere between $25 and $35 for most brands. So that means a brand is going to pay you $25 for every thousand downloads you get. So if you get, you know, a thousand downloads, then that would be, I don't even know. Now I'm, (laughs) that would be $25. So, okay, that's a bad example. So if you get 10,000 downloads, that would be what, $250 or whatever. So that is how you can start looking at how to charge brands. And I will say, at least from my experience and what I've seen, for a lot of brands, they look for that 10,000 downloads per episode mark as kind of the benchmark to start monetizing. But if you do know a brand and you have a good relationship with a brand, you could definitely start getting ads sooner when you're smaller. But just for some of the bigger brands or some of the bigger agencies, it might be a little bit more challenging if you're under that 10,000 downloads per episode mark. Yeah, that's definitely a good point. Um, and you you had like a connection to the, the brand. Um, you had like them on your podcast and that's when you should probably make that introduction versus like, hey, like sponsor me. Like there's <laughs> right. a whole art to that, you know? Right. Like, oh, I've been using your products all the time. Like one time I 
did a reel about black owned tea and it wasn't because I wanted a sponsorship or anything. I, I honestly did really like the tea and I thought it was really cool that they were black owned. So I just sent them like did a reel, which was like free promotion for them. And then, and then that's when you can go out and be like, Hey, you know, I really love this. My audience really loved your, uh, the reel I made promoting your products. Like, would you be interested in a sponsorship then? So it's kind of like any type of networking, like you have to present some type of value to the brand versus like, just give me X, Y, and Z. <laughs> right. So yeah. For sure. And the other thing that's really important is that if a brand is sponsoring you, they're going to expect a return. I mean, they're going to expect if you have a code or if you have a link that people are buying it and that people are using it. So it's really important to make sure that the sponsorships you take are really aligned with your audience. So you want to be looking for brands that have, you know, the target audience for their product matches the target audience for your podcast so that it's something that your audience is actually interested in. Yeah, especially people always want their KPIs, mm -hmm. RFPs, all that business talk. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then I will say, you know, another way, something that I started doing before I was getting consistent sponsorships is I would create little like DIY ads using affiliate codes that I already had. A lot of brands are quick to make somebody an affiliate because they may not have the budget or they may want you to have a really big following before they're willing to sponsor you. So if you work with a brand, I mean, a lot of brands will give affiliate codes just to everyday buyers. You can record little ads just sharing your affiliate links for things that can earn you a bit of money. And then you can go back to that brand and say, hey, I have this podcast. This is my audience. I've been sharing my affiliate code for your product, you know, in my podcast, and I got this many conversions. Would you be interested in a more formal partnership? And that's something that I've also done to establish relationships with brands as well. So you can get kind of creative while you're working up to that stage of consistent monetization. Yeah, that's such a great point. People have those affiliate links and it is a great way to show like, hey, I'm proactive. I love this brand. Like, here's the like, let's have an official sponsorship. Totally. And it gets your audience. I mean, the audience doesn't know the difference if you record it like an ad and it gets your audience used to hearing ads so that when you have real ads, it's not as jarring and it's just as it's a good way to get your get your hustle going. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and then I will say just on monetization before we kind of wrap that up is that I also think that podcasting and, and this is why with the work that you do with corporate podcasts is so important. Podcasting is also a great way to promote other things you're doing. So if you have a separate business, even if you don't take sponsors to be on your podcast, that is an amazing way to promote the business that you already have to an audience. If someone's willing to tune in and listen to your show every week or every other week and you have their undivided attention, promote your own stuff, promote your offer, promote your event, promote your course, whatever it is. There have been so many entrepreneurs who I now support because I found their podcast. I didn't even know what other stuff they, you know, sold or did. And now I'm in their course and I'm in their membership because I listened to their podcast and just really liked them. So I almost think the people who have the best opportunity to monetize are probably entrepreneurs who can promote their own stuff. So don't be afraid to do that. Yeah. Awesome point. Yeah. Um, so before we wrap up here, we got a few questions. I put the call out on Instagram just to hear some of y'all's questions about podcasting. And I wanted to run through a few because uh, we got some really good ones. We're not going to be able to do them all, but we have just a couple that I thought would be fun to chat through. So the first was, do you create outlines for the show before you start recording? Um, I can share what I do, but Kia, I'd love to hear what, what you do when you record or with the shows you work on. Yeah. For my independent podcast, we do outlines. So we write out the intro, the outro. Um, if we have a guest, we write out the interview questions, read their bio, do kind of like bullet points of like what we want to discuss. That's just because it's it's hard with three people to schedule. Um, so I do, I do like a little brief outline for that. And then for my full-time job, uh, I put a lot of work into those outlines, obviously. So I researched probably for hours on the interviewer or interviewee. Um, I researched their background, what they've talked about in the press, um, what they're posting on socials to see how I can make it a little more exciting, engaging, not a boring interview, easier for the host to follow along. I'll script out intros, outros, um, promotions, trailers, stuff like that. So it, it is important to prep because I think it's a little hard to freeball 
I think it also sounds a little lazy unless you're like the most entertaining person in the world. Facts, big facts. And I mean, that's that's super similar to what we do on Balance Black Girl. I'm a big fan of the outline for interviews because I think with interviews, you don't want to be too scripted because the conversation, you want to leave flexibility for the conversation to go anywhere. And if you're too regimented, then the conversation can sound really choppy. But for my solo episodes, I love like a script. Otherwise, I will be down the street and around the corner. And I don't know what I'd be talking about if I were just stream of consciousness. <laughs> no, that's a good point because people can definitely hear. And this is like, especially when you work with like more business people or like I work with a lot of like scientists for one of my podcasts and they're very like not camera facing, not like very like, you know, kind of nerdy behind the scenes. <laughs> um, so they're really like concerned about how they sound where it's really hard for them to like loosen up and they script out every answer and it's kind of hard to work with them when it's like this sounds bad to the audience yes. like you have to remember this is not a visual thing where you have visual audio this is you know the audio needs to be top-notch because that's the only way your audience is connecting with you so that's definitely something to keep in mind do not be incredibly scripted yep and I think that there is almost an art form in being scripted, but not sounding scripted, which is a, a skill that I've definitely had to learn over the years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it takes time. It takes time. Definitely. Definitely. So the the next question, which I actually really loved, was how has podcasting improved your life personally and professionally? What do you think? Yeah, I would say professionally. I mean, it definitely helped me during the pandemic. I think it was the right place, right time. Everything that I learned prior to the pandemic kind of came into play. And I definitely got lucky with the timing um, that podcasting is a, a big deal now. So it's helped me move from like unemployment to a full-time job in podcasting. So definitely helped me with that. Diversifying the types of shows I work on. If I ever want to leave podcasting, like, you know, there's different genres that I worked on that I think could be transferable. Personally, I definitely think I'm just a better friend. I understand like business more now that I've done an independent podcasting because I never would have like learned this if it wasn't firsthand. Um, understanding more of like what it's like to work with a team, being a little bit more compassionate. I definitely think I was just kind of like, go, 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 be professional until, you know, my co-hosts were kind of like bouncing me out of like, we need breaks. <laughs> like, we can't do all this. Yeah. Like, kind of like ruling me in a bit. Um, so I definitely think it's helped me be, you know, more compassionate as a, as a host, understanding different stories. I'm definitely a lot more you know, smart in certain aspects of like history or, you know, learning a lot about like colorism on my podcast and, and stuff like that. So definitely like, a lot of educational, being a better friend, uh, stuff like that. I love that. I love that so much. For me, I would say from a personal standpoint, I think that I am just so much more confident than I was before I started podcasting. I think the ability to go through the creative process and have an idea and take something from idea to life is a really transformative experience. And then when you do that and when it resonates with people and it helps people, that's just such an incredible feeling. And I do think it's given me a sense of confidence in myself, in my ideas, in my voice, in my intelligence that I don't think I ever really had before. Because honestly, y'all, before this podcast, I was kind of a fuck up. Like I was not really good at anything. Like never really that great at any job. I was always just kind of there. And so it definitely has given me a sense of purpose and direction personally and professionally that I never really had. And it's just really helped me believe in myself in ways that I, I certainly didn't before. Um, and I also just think I've got to meet amazing people. The guests that we've featured, like the women we've had on this podcast are amazing. So many of them I would have never been able to speak to or meet otherwise. Like podcasting is an incredible networking tool. And so even just the people who I've had the pleasure to meet and interview and learn about um, has just been incredible, not even necessarily from like a professional, like now I know them since, but just hearing their stories and being inspired by them and sharing space with them was just really incredible. So I think that 
we've we've covered it. I think we've given everybody a lot to chew on if they're interested in podcasting after, or if they have a podcast, they're interested in building it, growing it, monetizing it. So thank you so much for joining me today, Kia. Oh my God, thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. It was fun. And for our audience, if they want to keep in touch with you, where can they find you? Yeah, my personal socials, I'm usually only on Instagram or Twitter. It's at Kia Swinton, that's K-I-A-S-W-I-N-T-O-N. And then Sufficiently Black, you can find that on all podcast platforms. It's Sufficiently BLK on uh, Twitter and Instagram. I think someone took Sufficiently Black or it was too long, whatever. <laughs> but you can find it. Um, and yeah, we publish bi-weekly every Tuesday. And that's where you can find me. Amazing. And we'll make sure that's all linked in the show notes to make it easy for everybody to find you. Thanks again for tuning in. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. And I hope that you enjoyed this special episode of Balanced Black Girl all about podcasting. Please head to the show notes for links to additional resources to support your podcasting journey. I link to blog posts, guides, and all the tools and resources we use to run Balance Black Girl. So definitely check that out. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll have a new episode ready for you on Tuesday. Tuesday.